Hello and welcome to episode one of what is going to be a weekly podcast that I do for you guys who are my clients, either one-to-one VIPs or on Commit to Six, or maybe you're on Upgrade You. But this is going to be based around topics that I think are going to find, that I think you will find extremely useful and helpful and things that come up frequently during check-ins or in groups um, and things that I think we can all learn from and that I'm going to take a little bit more time explaining in a podcast more than what I might be able to do in a check-in. So that is what this podcast is going to be about. And this week I have started Commit to Six, which has been brilliant. And I'm so excited about the programme. I know a lot of people, you'll hear a lot of online fitness people speak like that. I'm so excited about this programme. But for me, it's been a really long time coming. I've worked on many, many different group coaching programmes. I've worked with literally thousands of people now online. And I honestly think this is the best programme that I can come up with. And I'm also really open to your ideas. So Here's the first example is this podcast. I think that more people are going to listen to this, appreciate it and utilise it more than a live Q&A, which I know that not that many people tune into. I know personally that I probably won't go back and watch a live Q&A, um, even if I know someone's answered my question. But what I might do is stick a podcast on in the car or when I'm at the gym, or doing a bit of cardio, or getting my steps in. So I'm hoping this is going to be a more useful tool for you guys. But just briefly, week one has been amazing. I think one of the real differences for me is I've actually been doing the whole programme with you guys, so I know exactly what you're going through. I know how hard it is to get 12,000 steps in. You might think that's probably easy for you, but I actually have an extremely sedentary job. Um, again, that's not an excuse. I can always go out and get my steps in, which I have been doing, but it did make me really, you know, it's given me a bit of a wake up call as well to be like, actually, you don't actually normally hit your steps. And if you're asking everyone else to do it, maybe you should be doing it too. So yeah, this week's been brilliant. The group support has been amazing. I'm hoping we keep that momentum all the way through. I know that some encouragement from me can be useful, but it's so much more useful when you know, there's 50 other people in the group that are like, yeah, I struggled to get myself in state, but I did it. Or, you know, little hiccups that there's the support system there. More than just one message from me, it's like 10 messages from the whole group, which is excellent and really, really nice to see. The daily routine might seem small and insignificant, but for me, it's made a huge difference already in my productivity, in my mindset for the day and just getting up, getting ready and getting at it. So that's been really good. Um, last night I trained with Katie, who's on the, the Commit to Six. Uh, it was a really good session. It was really, really hard. It was the push session. So there's a lot of upper body in there. Um, triceps are definitely feeling it today. But one question she had was, what is DOMS? And DOMS just simply stands for Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness. So if you've seen a lot of people posting about that in the group, that's what it means. And... A lot of people will be feeling that partly because these exercises or the way they're structured or the intensity, simply because they're new. So what I don't want is anyone to be discouraged by the fact that they're really sore this week and they think, oh, I can't keep that up for six weeks. It won't be that sore all the time. So there's actually two sort of sides or two problems with DOMS. I should 
I guess I'll say it like that. Um, sometimes people think, oh, if I don't have DOMS, if I'm not sore after a workout, it's not been a good workout. That's absolutely not true. Now, on the other side, people think, oh, I'm so sore after this workout. It's too sore and I don't think I want to do it again. Now, the reason that both of these um, aren't good measures of your workout or a reason not to work out is because one of the biggest things that causes DOMS is simply doing new or different exercises. So that's why you'll feel it so much this week. Next week shouldn't be as sore. I don't want you to think that um, you need to be sore after a workout in order for it to have worked well. That's not the case either. If I wanted you to be sore after workouts, I would change your program up all of the time and I'd have you doing loads of eccentric loading, which is where the muscle's lengthening under tension. That causes more micro traumas in the muscle, which means that there's more soreness after the workout. It doesn't necessarily mean it's been a more effective workout. So that's quite an important thing um, to note. And I will note that when I get really bad DOMS, but I haven't changed my training particularly, it's actually more a case that I'm under recovering. So maybe I'm not sleeping as well, maybe I'm not getting my nutrition in on point, and they're more an indicator of why I'm so sore. So that's something to be aware of. Um, and those are the, the things I want to go over there. So I do have a topic this week, and normally I will be taking questions, but I'm just sort of seeing... I want to get your feedback on if you like podcasts or if you would prefer lives. But this week's topic is if calories are king, as in if calories are the main thing that drives fat loss, why does it matter what I eat? So why does the composition of my diet matter? And there are two main reasons for this, um, or possibly one absolute reason, but I'm going to get into them. So Number one is essential nutrients. You need certain essential amino acids that make up proteins and certain essential fatty acids that make up fats from your diet as you cannot synthesize these in your body yourself. Now you'll note I haven't said that you need carbohydrates because technically you don't and your body can produce uh, glucose itself um, from other nutrients. But that's not to say that it's not a good thing to have in your diet, but that's just sort of a bit of minutia. Um, You will also need a supply of vitamins, minerals, um, and, you know, for your body to function just as is. We're not talking about functioning optimally. These are things you need to maintain your life without having essential amino acids and without having essential fatty acids and vitamins and minerals, you would eventually die. So a varied diet that includes fats, proteins, vitamins and minerals gives your body the nutrients it needs to survive and maintain some level of health. Now, that's all I'm going to say on the first point for now, but I'm going to come back to it. So the second reason that what you eat matters in terms of fat loss is satiety and adherence. You will struggle to stick to a diet that isn't well balanced. And this is, in some ways, a much lesser point than the first one, as people can and do stick to very restrictive diets. For example, people stick to very low-carbohydrate diets, people stick to vegan diets, people stick to ketogenic diets. But, and probably, this is a bit of a side topic, but probably one of the reasons that people can stick to those diets is they tend to have an emotional attachment to that. So, for example, if you're being a vegan 
because you think it's optimal for your health, you're definitely doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're being vegan because you have your own feelings about that, maybe you're, you have uh, specific animal rights feelings or, uh, or beliefs that are driving you to become a vegan, that gives you a much stronger mindset towards it. Now, I remember listening to a podcast fairly recently and it did make me think how much easier it would be in some ways to stick to a diet if there was that emotional and sort of moral reason to stick to it. Whereas a lot of us just stick to a diet because we want to look and feel good. And there's less of that real um, moral drive, I guess, behind it. Anyway, back to my point. Um, some of these over-restrictive diets have a much higher occurrence in, in of deficiencies so, for example, things like vitamin B12, calcium, iron, zinc, um, that would be quite, those are quite common deficiencies in vegans and vegetarians, which you can supplement with. And I would suggest that if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, for whatever reason that might be, I'm not going to question your reasons, but I would suggest that you supplement with those. So, my real point here is that it isn't enjoyable or maintainable for most people to stick to overly restrictive diets that cut out large parts of a usual balanced long-term diet. So once you have accounted for your essential fats, um, your protein, and I would suggest fibre, the rest is largely up to your preference. So some people have asked in the group, does it matter how much carbohydrates or fat that I eat? And the answer is probably not. But what I would say is going to the extreme of either isn't a good idea so having a, a good balance is, is good. And one of the reasons I haven't set your carbohydrates or fats intake, even though I could have set them at maybe like a, a ballpark balanced figure, is because variety is so important in your diet as well. And if you're trying to stick every day to a carbohydrate or and a fat target, as well as your protein target, and stick to your calories, it's very easy to fall into the way of just eating the same things every day because you know that it's going to very easily hit those targets for you. So what I like to do is focus on total calories and protein because those are the two factors that from the diet perspective are going to influence your body composition. Now on top of that, I like you to get in some variety. So for me, I, I like to get most of my fats from oily fish. Now, I probably won't have oily fish every day, but I might have it three or four times a week. On those days, my fats are going to be higher and my, and my carbohydrates are going to be a little bit lower so that I stay within my calories for that day. So you can see that there's a bit of variety there. Um, so it doesn't matter if you have more carbohydrates one day and a bit less fats or more fats one day and a bit less carbohydrates. And in fact, I encourage that because it encourages some variety in your diet. For those of you who are unaware, one area that I used to research in and I still find very interesting is diabetes or more broadly the effects of obesity on your health and this is a really interesting area when it comes to a quote-unquote healthy diet and the benefits that you can see from a healthy diet in terms of your disease risk that is related to obesity, so things like cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes primarily. Now, when we look at research in this area, it shows that the loss of body fat if you are overweight is the most important factor to improve your health. And actually, it will improve your health almost no matter how you get there. 
So for example, there's been studies uh, showing just drinking shakes, as long as you're losing weight, you wouldn't suggest that would be the healthiest thing, but because you're losing the body fat, that improves your health vastly. There are there was someone who did the, I don't know if you've heard, the Twinkie diet, which was an experiment that this man, I think he was um he was a school teacher of some kind and he wanted to prove that energy balance was what mattered and not necessarily what you eat. So he ate just sort of convenience store food for I think it was 10 weeks and he lost 27 pounds and all of his health markers improved, including his cholesterol and his blood glucose levels. Now, you would think that from eating just convenience store food, not much fresh fruit and vegetables, um, you know, a pretty, what people would term on the outside, a pretty bad diet, uh, kind of a lot of junk food, that maybe those health markers wouldn't improve or would actually get worse. But the fact is, because he he lost fat, and he lost fat especially from around his organs, so visceral fat, his health markers improved. Now, I'm not absolutely not saying you should do that. However, what I am saying is that from the research, um, we can see that actually losing body fat, regardless of really how you're doing it, even if that's from packaged processed foods or or, um, junk foods, will generally improve important health markers. Now, I know not many of you are in that position. In fact, most of you are extremely fit and healthy and you're just looking to optimise your health, optimise your performance and look and feel as good as possible. So that was just a bit of a side note. And I'm now rambling. I, I feel like I've been so used to doing the podcast with my Fitness Unfiltered crew. It feels very strange doing it on my own. So I am going to stop here and hopefully you've enjoyed this first episode and there will be many many more to come and I will refine them in a way that is much better and more well structured than this one but there'll also be a huge element on Q&As and questions that have come up in the group or topics that have come up that I will go research and then come back to you with better information. For now I will leave you and have an awesome week do let me know your feedback on this podcast, if you prefer it to lives, if you think lives are better, if you want a combination of the two. Um, and I will do my best to meet your needs. So for now, commit to the week. Let's see another awesome week. Let's keep this momentum going from last week and enjoy the weekend. <laughs>